Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. Bring clarity. Bring healing. Bring deliverance. Bring change. Bring restoration. Bring blessing. I thank you for your anointing to teach. As I have decreased, I thank you for that anointing increasing to feed your people your word. And I thank you that the incorruptible word that will be planted in our hearts this morning will change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We've started a new series of lessons entitled, The Life of a Giver. Say that with me. Say, The Life of a Giver. And the goal of this series is to help you see that God's method to prosper His people is through giving. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. God's way to prosper you is through your giving. Now, it is God's will for us to prosper, but we must follow his plan to experience in a tangible way these blessings. And the goal of this series is to provide understanding regarding God's plan to prosper and to activate the principles in that plan so that we can live an all-sufficient life on a consistent basis. You know, there's nothing like being blessed one day and then being broke the next day. I'm talking about living a life of consistency. Everybody say consistency. And then lastly, since most people have not been properly taught regarding finances, this teaching is designed to root up, say root up, dig up all the negative mindsets we have adopted over time and plant the truth of God's word in your hearts. Now, before I jump into this morning's lessons, turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. This really, it doesn't have a lot to do with our lesson, but I want to show you the power of what truth can do in your life. And if you are offended, we talked about Scandalizo last week. And I want you to get that CD so that you can play it over and over. And those of you who are visiting, we provide CDs of every service after service. Uh, For only $5. But in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. Watch what he says. He's talking to Jeremiah. And he says this to him. See I have set this day. Over you the nations. And over the kingdoms. And watch what he set him to do. He said I want you to root out. Say root out. Then he said I want you to pull down. Say pull down. Then he said I want you to destroy. Say destroy. And then he said, I want you to throw down, say throw down. And then he said, I want you to build and to plant. And it is very difficult to build and plant on soil that's not good. 
And that's why I teach. You may not like some of the ways in which I come across teaching, but it's designed to help root up and cut out and tear down because most of us were taught wrong about giving. You know how I know that? Because of how we give. Amen. So, for those of you who are visiting, I'm going to give you my disclaimer. Unfortunately, many people, non-Christians as well as Christians, have, have been misinformed, have, mi have misunderstood, have never understood, or who have experienced abuse or misuse when it comes to giving, especially to a church. Can I get an amen? Amen. So my goal every year as a pastor is to take four to six weeks out of the year to focus on just that. Because it is one of the most important topics in the Bible. You say, well, why do you say that, Pastor Evan? There are about 500 verses that relate to prayer in the Bible. There are about 500 uh, verses in the Bible that relate to faith. But there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that relates to money and possessions. Amen. Most of the parables that Jesus spoke had to do with some kind of uh, possessions of money. And because I am convinced that giving is God's method of blessing his people, I just choose to teach it uncompromisingly and unwavering. It don't matter to me how you look up. You can't scare me. You know, if some of y'all saw some of y'all's faces, you'd be scared to preach. I wish I had a big mirror to let you see yourself. But see, I've lived this. I remember, everybody say years ago. Most of you all have heard this story, but this is just for one of the visitors that's in the house. I was at a church, and uh, this is, I had learned how to give. See, there are ways to give, and one of the ways to give is systematically. Say systematically. systematically. And that's when you give on a regular basis. I never come to church and not give an offering. Right. Even if it's my tithing day, I still give offering. And so one of the ways you give is systematically. Well, another way to give is sacrificially. And so that's why on March the, what day is it? March the 11th? Is it March the 11th? March the 8th is our giving day. And that's when we're going to all give sacrificially. Last year when we did that, we, we raised $109,000 cash in 30 minutes. Amen. Well, we need to raise that money to, to purchase our land. But that's not the purpose of me telling the story. The, the reason I'm telling the story is sometimes you have to give sacrificially. And I remember years ago, I was in a church and, 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 you know, we had a guest speaker and the speaker was up there speaking and they got through speaking. And, and when they got done, they said, they started taking off the offering and, and she took up the offering like it was an auction. Right. How many have been in churches like that? Can I get a five, 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 ten, 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 twenty, 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 fifty, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I grew up Presbyterian, so I'm not used to that. You know what I'm saying? And so she was, you know, she... She said, there's some people in here that God wants, wants you to give $1,000. And, and, and my wife and I, we're in the process of buying a new house, for a first house, as a matter of fact. And so when she said God wants some people to give $1,000, I, I knew she wasn't talking to me. <laughs> in fact, I said it to myself. She ain't talking to me. I got a house to buy in seven days. So she came down to 500 She said, there's some people that God wants to give in this room $500. And I said, that ain't me either. I was waiting for her to come down to about 100. I'd be, I was comfortable right there. But then she started coming down off the stage and started walking towards me. And, you know, it was all like slow motion to me, too. You know, when, it, when it's happening to you, it's like slow motion. She's walking to me, you know, like. And, I'm like, and in my mind, I'm going, this lady is coming toward me. I hope she doesn't say nothing to me. 
And she comes up to me. She says, man of God, if you'll give that money, God will bless you. She didn't say it to nobody else in the room. I said, what? How did this lady even know I have $500? And I knew if I gave that $500, I wouldn't have enough money at closing. I knew it. And so while I'm sitting up there, you know, just in unbelief that she's even talking to me. The first thought comes to my mind is, that's the devil. <laughs> How many know the devil does not tell you to give? He ain't going to tell you to give. But then I said, that ain't God either because God knew I got to close on my house. But then the Spirit of God just, just quietly said, you need to give that $500. I looked over at my wife. And you know, women always want to give. So she was nodding her head like a puppy, puppy dog. <laughs> give it, man. Give the money. Give, give the money. So she gave me a promise. She said, you know what? When you give that $500, write down on the, your offering envelope everything you want God to do. Okay, we wrote down, get out of debt and buy a new house. And, and my wife wanted this expensive refrigerator. No, I just wanted the one that just said icebox on the side of it. You know, she wanted the one with the water and the ice, crushed ice. I'm not trying to do all that trying to get in the house. I just want something to store some frozen food. You know what I'm saying? So we wrote everything down. We ran out of stuff. So we started writing stuff for other people. Long story short, next day, I got a call from the mortgage company and told me I had to pay off a school loan. It was like almost $2,000. So I was glad I got that 500 because I didn't have enough anyway no more. <laughs> I didn't have enough. I didn't have the, 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 the almost $2,000 that I needed to pay off my school loan. So I activated my faith when I gave that money. I said, now, Lord, you, you knew we were going to come up short. That's why you had me, though, to sow that money. And see, what we don't understand as believers is in the times of shortage is when you give. Everybody who needed a miracle in the Bible, when they were running short, God told them to give. And that's why I don't care how, I bad, how bad our economy is. Don't ever shrink back on what you give because you are, you are giving towards your next harvest season. And long story short, we got a, some, some days went by. Somebody, I, I had a Mercedes at the time and, and I had it valet parked at this. Uh, I was a salesperson, so I had it valet parked at a, at a, a hotel. And, and then one of the valet guys uh, hit my car, uh, you know, wrecked it. And so the insurance company wrote the check out to me. Instead of writing it to the, to, the, to the people that fixed the car. Well, guess how much damage was on the car? $2,000. Got my money back. I was able to pay off that loan. And give and get in my house. But that wasn't a miracle. The day after we got and closed on the house, we got a phone call like at 3 in the morning because her uncle who was calling us was calling from England. And I wasn't getting up for no 3 o'clock in the morning phone call. She got up. She answered the phone. And he said, I've been looking for y'all. I have some money that I want to wire you. He said, when, when her mom died, she left you some money. I never told you about it. But I want now we, now, we had been married about three years by now. I'm thinking to myself, maybe he was trying to keep that money. He said, yeah, I got some money I want to wire you. Give me all of your banking draft information and we gave that to him and you know how much he wired us he wired us twenty thousand dollars look at your neighbor and say neighbor i want twenty thousand now look at your other neighbor and say neighbor 
you better give 500 then. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Last week, we learned one of the key principles is that if we wait for everything in our life to be right, we'll never give. And so if you're taking notes, you can write down Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. And we gave a take-home statement, and it was, Delayed giving always equals a deferred harvest. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 in the Amplified says, He who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will never sow. And he who regards the clouds will never reap. Then we learn another key principle in in giving is that giving to God must be done out of understanding and obedience. Once you understand God's word, it's not just good enough to understand it. You got to apply it. And so last week we learned that God is a God of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, Principles. protocol, and promises. And those are three things, or two things rather, to receive the promises. We got to follow his principles and his protocol. We found that protocol means just a fixed or determined policy or mode of action. It is what God wants done. And then protocol is a code of correct conduct, or in another way, it is the way God wants something done. And then the promise, of course, is what, what God says he will give to us when we obey him. Amen. So we're going to look at tithing this morning. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Boy, I tell you what, after today. Now, if you're already tithing, don't shut me down. Because, see, if you haven't heard of the, Listen, I, I, have, I haven't... You know, I went back and checked. I hadn't talked on tithing in two years. So there are some of you all who are not tithing. And after I show you this morning that you're a thief, some of y'all who are tithing, go, go, you need to grab your purse next to you. Amen. If they'll steal from God, they'll steal from you. Check your purse. Check your purse right now. Check your purse. Go to Malachi. That's the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3. Now, here's my point that I want to make. What is tithing and why should I tithe? That's it. What is tithing and why should I tithe? Tithing is returning. Everybody say returning. Tithing is returning 10% of the income that I have made back to God. Now, Malachi chapter 3, let's look in verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? It says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein or how have we robbed you? Everybody read it with me. In tithes and what? In what? Come on, class, let's say it together. In One more time. In tithing and offering. So guess what? It is possible to be a God robber. Now, after I'm done this morning, you're going to see that robbing God hurts you. Now, when you look up the word tithes there, it means a tenth part or 10%. Everybody say 10%. Now, go to Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus chapter 27. I just showed you what tithing is. Now I'm going to show you why you ought to tithe. Leviticus chapter 27. And that's in the Old Testament. Part of the uh, five books of the Bible. Uh, Leviticus 27. And here's what we're going to answer right now. And that is, why should I tithe? Leviticus 27. If you're taking notes, let's write down verse 30. Watch this now. It says, and all of the tithe of the land. 
whether it's of the seed of the land or from the fruit of the tree, whose is it? Who does it say? It says, it is the Lord's. Whose is it? So we just read here. It says that all the time, everybody say all. And God was very specific. He said all the tithes of the land, whether it's seed or whether it's fruit, he said, it is mine. Now let's go and look at another verse. Go to Exodus. Go to Exodus. That's the second book in the Bible. Chapter 13. Exodus 13. The tithe of everything belongs to the Lord and he considers it holy and it's part, it's, it's his. It's not ours, it's his. Exodus 13. Let's look in verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, sanctify me, uh, uh, sanctify unto me, how much? Come on class. All of the firstborn. Now he's talking about things or animals and children. He says, sanctify or set apart or consecrate unto me all of the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. Why? Because it is whose? He said, because it is mine. So we've covered two verses so far. Now I can go all day and tell you, show a whole lot of them. But he's basically said that it comes from the land or if it comes from the tree or whether it comes from beasts or whether it comes from humans. He said, all of it, if, it, if it's first, who does it belong to? He said, it is mine. Now, I thought this was interesting. Let me give you a concept that's in the Old Testament. First of all, let's look in. Uh, Exodus 13, let's go to chapter two, uh, verse 12. Exodus 13, verse 12. Here's a concept I want to show you. All firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. See, back in the Old Testament, they didn't bring, well, they did bring money, but for the most part, when, if, if I was a shepherd, a tithe of my sheep is what I brought to God. And so it was a whole lot of blood going around there. You know, they may have been, if they, was, they didn't come dressed up like we dressed up now. Because some of them are smelling like billy goats. And so, here's a concept that I want you to write down. All of the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Now, look in verse 12 of uh, chapter 13. Watch what it says. He says that you shall, shall set apart unto the Lord all that opens the matrix. And every first thing that comes out of the beast which you have, the male shall be whose? The Lord's. Watch this now. And every firstling or first fruit of an ass or donkey, thou shalt redeem with the what? With the lamb. In other words, he's saying, if you have a donkey and that donkey has donkeys, the first donkey from that donkey, you need to redeem it. And notice he said what he, notice what he said, redeem it with. He said, redeem it with a lamb. You know why? Because every unclean animal had to be redeemed with a clean animal. Okay, watch this now. Let me keep reading. He says, and it shall be, let's see, what what verse did I stop at? 13. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with the lamb. And if if you don't want to redeem it with the lamb, then you do what? You break his neck. In other words, God saying, it's because it's first and it belongs to me, I don't want you to have it. So, so if you don't want to give up your first lamb, then you got to break the neck on that first donkey. You know why? Because it belonged to him. 
Now, I'm going to show you why tithing is so important because when you keep what belongs to God, it brings a curse on you. Now, watch this now. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me show you this in the New Testament. Uh, go over to, uh, how do I want to do this? Uh, I'm going to just tell you what it says. I don't want to go over there because I'll lose some time. But basically, the, the scripture is very clear where it says that Jesus Christ, he was the firstborn of, of many brethren. And that he was sacrificed for us. So in this case, who was the clean one? Jesus. Who was the unclean? You and your mama. Look at your neighbor and say, is he talking about your mama? (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about your mama. I'm sorry. I mean, it's unclean. Everybody. So watch this now. Something clean had to die for something unclean. And so in the New Testament, that's what Jesus did for us. Now, let me show you something. Uh, go to Second Chronicles. Now, I tell you what, stay back, go back over to Exodus and let's look in. Uh, no, let's go to back, go, go back to Leviticus real quick. I'm going to show you something. Go back to Leviticus. I should have told you to keep your hand there. Go back to Leviticus. Back to uh, chapter 27, Leviticus 27. So if something was unclean, it needed to be redeemed. If something was clean, it needed to be sacrificed. All right. Leviticus 27. Let's look back now at verse 30 because I, I, I didn't read this part on purpose. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether it be seed of the land or whether it be fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. But read this part with me. It is what? Holy, holy unto who? Lord. So the tithe is holy and it's consecrated to God. Go to Deuteronomy. I'm going to show you this again. Go to Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. I think that's right, right? Somewhere up in there. Numbers, Deuteronomy, somewhere. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just get the CD and play it over and over and over until you find it. Deuteronomy 26. What God declares as holy, we must declare as holy. Deuteronomy 26. Watch this now. Verse 12. He says, when you have made an end of tithing all the tithes of of your increase, the third year, which is the, the year of tithing. And you have given it unto the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. And they may eat within the gates and be filled. Watch this now. Then you shall say before the Lord thy God, I have brought all the hallowed things out of my house and have given them unto the Levite. Now that word hallow is the same word can be used as holy. So what they were saying is God, everything that was holy... We took it out of our house and we brought it to the Levite. Now, the Levite represented the person, the priest that was in the, in, the, in, the, in the temple. And so what I'm trying to show you here is that it is very dangerous to hold on to something that's holy. Because it's holy when you give it, but it's cursed if you keep it. Now, go back over to Malachi very quickly. Go back to Malachi. You say, well, Pastor, we flipping a lot. Well, we're we flipping a lot. You can get the CD. It's only $5, but I want to produce some understanding in your life. Watch this now. Some people, 
they wonder, well, why is tithing such a big deal? Because it, when I show you now what it does for you, which is going to be my next point, you're going to be like, wow, why haven't I done that? Then some of you all are going to see why all of your stuff is breaking down. Have you had one of those, those years where it seemed like one thing after another, bam, bam, like dominoes. I hear some dominoes slamming right now. Some of them. Okay, look at Malachi, look in chapter 3. Watch verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? He said, yeah, you rob me in tithes and offering. Watch the next verse. You are cursed with the what? Curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Why would they be cursed? Because the tithe is holy and is consecrated only for God. Now go to 2 Chronicles chapter 31. 2 Chronicles. That's, that's in the Old Testament. We're going to flip over there. 2 Chronicles chapter 31. The tithe is holy and that's why it becomes a curse if I keep it because it only belongs to God. 2 Chronicles chapter 31 verse 5. If you're there, say I'm there. Watch this now. It says... And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of the corn, the wine, the oil, the honey, and all the increase of the field. And the tithe of how much? See, that's why really first fruits and tithes are different. And I'm, I'm, you know what? I have purposely not taught on first fruit in our church because I, I got to first get our church to tithe. I mean, why teach you first fruits if you're not tithing? Amen. And so it says here, it says, and, and all of the increase of the field and all the tithes of all things brought they in abundance. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah, they dwelt in the cities of Judah. They also brought the tithes of the oxen and the sheep and the tithes of the what? Of the what? Holy things which were consecrated unto who? Unto the Lord, and they laid them by heaps. In other words, I want you to see that the tithe is holy. Now, go to Deuteronomy again. Go back to Deuteronomy. You ought to know where it is now. Where did I t- yeah. Now, you know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to give you a point. I'm going to give you a point. Just because you don't believe something ain't holy, don't mean it ain't holy. See, you cannot believe in gravity. Just jump off the bridge and we're going to see, we, we, we'll be having your, your funeral. Here's, here's, here's Brother Joe. He didn't believe in gravity, but he's here today laying in the casket. In other words, just because you don't believe something that don't work don't mean it's not working. And then here's what's sad. I've seen people. I know of a couple. I won't say their name. Uh, you don't, probably won't know them anyway. But they were tithing all their life. And then they just ran into, I mean, they, they were habitual tithers. They, didn't, they never not tithe. And, and then they ran into a snag. And they ran to the snag. And then they decided to not tithe. You know, hey, what's one time? We not, you know, God ain't going to miss that, right? But see, we don't know what's really going on. See, when you do something consistently, you don't really see the benefits of it working for you. Until you stop doing it. Because when they stopped doing it that time. His wife got robbed at a gas station and took the money that they had. See, you don't know the protection that your tithe is doing. Now, I'm going to show you that piece too, but, but, but go over to Romans chapter 11. Here's the principle that I wanted to get to all of this morning. Romans chapter 11. Here's the blessing 
of why a person ought to tithe. Romans chapter 11, look in verse 16. It says, are you there? Okay, Romans eleven sixteen. It says, for if the first fruit is holy, then the whole lump is what? So when you give God your 10%, which is holy, he blesses your 90% that you keep. And that's why 90% can last longer than the 100 you kept because the 90% has God's blessing on it. See, that's why we still own the same washing and drive that we bought 14 years ago when we were married. And it ain't broke down because my tithe is holding it up. Amen. So let me give you a quick take-home statement. God blesses the rest after the first has been given. Write that down. God blesses the rest after the first has been given. So I got to first start tithing. And here's the thing. You may not see immediate results. You may not see immediate results. But see, whether you see results or not, it still belongs to God. See, that's the point. We, once you live a life, when you get to where I am, I do, I do things strictly out of obedience now. Whether, whether I get a, a reward to it or not, I know that God, he has my best interest at hand. And I know that whatever he tell, he's telling me to do, it's going to you know, end up for my good anyway. So I don't really need to know uh, what, what blessing you're going to give me for that, God. Because I know he's going to bless me. Can somebody say Amen. So we see, or we've seen so far, that tithing is 10% and is holy. And when I give that 10%, God will bless the rest of what's in my hand. Now go back over to Malachi. We'll close right here. Go back over to Malachi. Because there's a promise in tithing. You know, God could have said to us, give me your 10% and, and, and don't expect nothing back. You just owe me. See, you don't even give tithe. You return tithe. See, if you give it, that means you owned it. It is. Okay, watch this now. Some of y'all looking at me like, whoa, what is he talking about? I, am I speaking in tongues? Okay, watch this now. Matthew, uh, Malachi chapter 3. He says, what's the first word in verse 10? Come on, class. Come on. Bring. Now, bring is different from giving. When you, he said, bring ye, how much at a tithe? How much? How much? So let me answer some of the questions in some of y'all's head. What is net? Is net all? Is gross all? So what do you, what do you give from? Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I didn't want to know that. (laughs) I didn't want to know that. I didn't want to know that. Now I'm responsible. Lord, what am I going to do? It's only like $3 difference anyway. Amen. Watch this now. Watch this now. He says, bring all the tithe into where? The storehouse. You don't tithe TBN unless that's your church. You sick in the bed and you ain't got nowhere to go. Then that can, you can send your tithe there. But you, don't, you, you bring your tithe into the storehouse. And your storehouse is where you're being taught God's word. So if you're a visitor, you don't pay your tithe here. You pay your tithe at your church. Unless you're looking for a church. If you're, living, you know, if you're searching for a church, then you, you, know, you, you, you give it where you're being fed until you find that place. Amen? 
But then notice here he says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse. And here's the purpose, that there may be meat in my house. I'm just going to stop right there and just sit for a minute. Can I just educate y'all a little bit? First of all, you never, the, the Bible says, don't give grudgingly or out of necessity. See, most of you all, unless you come to our February meeting where I tell you how much money the church made and where all the money go, y'all don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. But I'm going to help you have a clue this morning just so you can get, a, just, just, just get an insight because people think that church is cheap. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know what he's about to say right now. <laughs> Do you know how much it costs to be in this school? How many want to know? Raise your hand. How many don't want to know? Raise your hand. How many don't give a flip? <laughs> Got one, don't give a flip. It costs us $7,000 a month to be in this school. Now, unless I'm just not aware, I don't think nobody's tired of 7000 in here. I wish it was. I'm believing for that one day. Amen. So if you just combine the school with our church office, that's $9,000 right there. And the pastor hasn't even got paid yet. <laughs> in other words, he said that there may be meat in my house. Last year, our church gave over $200,000 away. And watch this, almost 70000 it up just helped our church members. And the, other, the rest of it helped other churches and ministries. But we couldn't do that if we didn't have it. And I can't tell you to do something I'm not practicing myself. Somebody say amen. All right, we'll close on this verse. Because some of y'all looking like, God, I'll be glad when this man stop on this thing right here. Wait, just, just stop. Some of y'all are just moving around. Y'all just can't be still. Like y'all sitting on a pin cushion or something. What's, what's going on? Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, just touch him. Just touch him. Just say, say you all right? And just look at the other and say, don't touch me no more. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This lesson ain't going nothing like I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I promise you, it is not going like I thought it was going to go. Let's just finish this scripture up, though. He said, there, there may be meat in my house. Then he attaches a promise. He said, and prove me now, says the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough be." Uh, room enough to receive and then he goes on to say and I will rebuke the devourer I will keep the devil off of your stuff that's just as important because why should God keep blessing you and the devil takes it he said listen when you tithe I'm going to not only bless you and open the windows for you but I'm going to keep the devil off of your stuff Now, see, some of y'all may not see it, and here's one of the main reasons you may not see the results in your tithing. And I'm going to stop right here because some of y'all just frowning at me. I can handle it, though. I can handle it. I can handle it. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. Pass the big boy. He can handle it. Listen, you still have to apply your faith when you do it. What does that mean? I got to trust that God's going to do his part. Now, can I I give y'all one more scripture on something else? Go to Matthew real quick. Go to Matthew. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. We learned last week that the heart 
is a critical part because out of the heart comes the issues of life. We found out that, that the heart is where understanding comes from. We also learned that uh, the heart is where offenses come from. Then we also found out the heart is where giving comes from. But then I did some additional research just for y'all. I sure did. In Matthew chapter uh, 13, look in verse 23. We went over this verse last week, but I'm going to show you something. Look in verse 22. He that also receives seed among thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes what? Unfruitful. Now, if you back up to verse 21, it says, let's go to verse 20. But he that receives seed into stony places. This is some of y'all. The same is he that you heard the word. Watch this now. You got excited with joy when you received it. Yet you have no root in yourself, but endure for a while. These are some of these inconsistent tithing people. For when tribulation builds unexpected. Or persecution arise, because you know, some people can talk about you. I want me give my money to that church. Watch this. Persecution arise because of the word. By and by, he's what? Offended. So here's what I did. When I saw it says it has no root in himself, I went and looked up what it takes for a seed to produce uh, roots. And I found out that because there are different seeds of different types and different makes for different stuff. It takes an average of three days to six months for seeds to produce fruit, uh, roots. Okay? Three days, six months. But then when I looked up that process, I found out something very important. It was two main important ingredients for a seed. The first place was the container where it was being planted. This is what they said when I looked up in the process. The container that the seed was being planted in was one of the most important elements. Now, what is the seed or the container in us? It's our heart. That's why I told you last week, you got to get, get rid of that scandalizo. You got to get rid of it. But then the second thing that I thought was so important, it said that a seed must be planted in moist ground. Now, here's what I found out too. It said this, that a harvest is sped up when the seed is consistently moist. You say, well, what do you mean? How do you tie all this together? See, if you don't have the promises of tithing alive and moist in your heart, it can't work for you like it needs to. In fact, the, the, that, that process said that the worst thing for a seed is dry ground. It's, it said a seed can either die or take longer to produce roots because it's dry. So guess what? How much of God's word do you know on tithing? Is the, is, the, is the promise of tithing in your heart or is it in your head? See, when it's in your head, your bills can talk you out of it. But when it's in your heart and it's alive, you listen, you can't wait to do it. Listen, I listen to something that relates to prospering every week. Do you know, I, I, like this week, I listened to my own CD three times. That's how I got this idea. I was like, I wonder what it means to be, have, to be rooted in themselves. I, I just looked it up. So here's my challenge to you as, ch- as a church. First of all, those of you who are not tithing, it's best for you to start. It's really for you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's really for you. But then here's the second thing. Those of you who are already tithing, 
Confess the promise out loud on a regular basis. Lord, thank you for the windows of heaven being open in my life. Thank you, Father, for sending me in my way to give to my bosom. Thank you, Lord, every need in my life is met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that a faithful man shall abound in blessings. Thank you, Lord, that when I honor you with my substance and the first fruit of all of my increase, so shall my barns be filled with plenty and my nets shall burst out with new wine. Thank you, Lord, when I give, it shall be given back to me in a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto my bosom. Lord, I just declare over my life that much is given and much is required and I've been faithful over little and I know that you're going to cause me to be faithful over much. You got to have that word moist in your heart and when you do, your harvest comes faster. Did you get something out of this morning's lesson? Amen. Every head bowed. And every eye closed, you may be here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal.